Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. Well, can you imagine that you could actually dream your way to freedom? That you can actually take hold of your dreams and experience successful ways of living your life without the encumbrances of things that keep you stuck or emotionally too tied to them. Well, we are with uh, psychotherapist researchers Robert Lynn, Robert and Lynn Haas. Robert and Lynn Haas, hello. Welcome to Dr. Carol Francis' show. Thanks. We're, Thank you. We're glad to be here. Yes. You have written a really usable guidebook, a handbook, you describe it, Integrating Dreamwork and Energy Psychology. And this book is so readable, so well organized, and so practical. I just encourage everybody to grab a hold of it. And it's called Dream to Freedom. And I am going to let the listeners right now just immediately jump into not how this works quite yet, but what it's going to enable them to be able to do both on their own with psychotherapists, with individuals that know how to do this technique, and also with the use of your book as well, what are the positive outcomes when individuals implement the tools that you provide in, in, this, in, this, in these techniques? Okay. Well, the, the Dream to Freedom technique is really a, an approach that is effective in reversing situations arising out of anxiety, phobias, post-traumatic st- stress, um, basically any problem caused by unresolved trauma or inner conflict that has kind of left you stuck. Uh, for example, the, the original event like a childhood scare or getting burned when you're a child or fear of falling, something like that, kind of encodes itself in your brain, uh, in the emotional brain, as a fear response. It's really a safety measure to prevent similar situations in the future. Uh, but the problem is these kinds of childhood or earlier or even in later traumas can over time generalize into a dysfunctional fear response like a phobia, like a fear of fire, even though you might have got just burnt slightly, a fear of fire re- re- results from that, or even something uh, physically debilitating like a migraine. So the power of this technique we use comes from combining two healing approaches, dream work and energy psychology. And I'll be speaking um, a lot about the dream work. Lynn will cover the energy psychology aspects. Uh, but basically, just starting with the dream work, it's kind of been used for decades, ever since Freud and Jung, as a tool for psychotherapy to understand the core issues that our unconscious mind is working on so that the therapeutic process can take place. Energy psychology, which Lynn will speak to in a minute, uh, in particular EFT, this tapping approach that uh, people have heard about, uh, has been shown in clinical settings and now over 50 clinical trials and research studies, including people with genocide survivors and vets and with PSD, uh, PTSD, I'm sorry, to reduce the anxiety and emotional reactions brought on by traumatic memories. So we use the dream to identify the core issues and we use the tapping to tap away the anxiety that that memory uh, that the dream brought up 
the, the anxiety around that memory brings up. And once that anxious reaction to the memory is reduced through tapping, we then return to the dream for clues as to how the unconscious mind was trying to resolve the problem so as to kind of help you with those solutions. Um, for example, uh, in our book, Dream to Freedom, we've documented a number of case studies uh, where in just one session uh, we were able to reduce the effects of past traumatic memories. For example, in cases involving a woman who had a leg amputated, who had co sort of cloistered herself up as a result of it, in another um, we had uh, a person had a debilitating reaction to a bad divorce, which caused her to want to, to break up with her more recent boyfriends, uh, and another trying to deal with son with substance abuse. So, so the the healing powers of this combined technique can cover all sorts of traumas and all. And Lynn, I'd like you to speak a minute about um, uh, what your experience has been with energy psychology piece of this, the tapping activity. That sounds wonderful. Well, Lynn, what? Tell us. Well, of course, energy psychology has wonderful results, like its emerging of Eastern and Western healing methods, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, including the use of imagery, self-statements, and subjective distress ratings. And the purpose is to reduce and reverse our stress or fear reaction to traumatic memories. In our own work with subjects, we've experienced reversals of phobias. Well, he said that, like fear of fire, snakes, driving, and physical he healing caused by past emotional trauma. And in one case, while teaching a method to a lady overseas who had a, a past trauma, after a few rounds of tapping, the stress went to a zero, and then she suddenly started swinging her arm around in excitement. And I said, oh, my goodness, what's happening? And she said that her arm had been partially paralyzed, plus part of her body, and the doctor had said uh, he was going to operate on it and that it was related to a heart problem. But now the uh, paralysis was gone, because once she cleared her stress reaction, uh, the emotional reaction was removed and the physical problem went away. Mm. Boy, that is so really encouraging to listen to. Yes, I, your, your, your website, dreamscience.org, provides so much wonderful free information as well as your book, Dream to Freedom. But you just wanted to jump right in there, Robert. What did you want to share with what Oh, Lindsay no, I, I was just uh, uh, summarizing. So go ahead. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, both of you have some interesting backgrounds. And just we're going to show each of you out there who are listening to this exactly how you can either contact Robert Haas or Lynn Haas to be able to assist you uh, on the Internet uh, uh, or in person. And I want you to get to know them a little bit as well. So we're going to take a moment. Robert, Lynn, can you introduce what your background is? Because you both have very interesting backgrounds in science and in the corporate world and in psychotherapeutic world. What, what are your backgrounds that led okay. you toward this? Yeah, I, uh, I basically my background is, is a scientist, but um, I've uh, been working with dreams now for over 40 years, teaching it, researching it. Uh, my training is in Gestalt therapy, plus a number of other 
humanistic psychological approaches. And uh, so basically what, what happened out of, out of the Gestalt therapy training, uh, I learned this technique for um, un, uncovering or recovering the uh, emotional content within dream images. And we'll be using that when we do this example on the air uh, to show you how, how within the, the imagery in your dream you have these uh, inner hidden emotions uh, that uh, can create these traumatic responses. So I learned that through the, the Gestalt training and have basically turned it into a, a simplified technique, which we then, and when, when Lynn and I got together and decided to do this approach, uh, we combined into the Dream to Freedom approach, along with her tapping. And Lynn, so your Lynn, have, yes. Well, my back. I I was a clinical psychologist, but then in 2003, I was hired by David Feinstein to market his book called Energy Psychology Interactive. And as I read his pre-published book, I'm going, "What is this weird stuff?" because it involves stimulating <laughs> acupressure points, which as a clinical psychologist, I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I, I learned it from his pre-published book and decided to practice on my neighbors. And yes, it had very good results. Like mm-hmm. it took away a lot of lifelong phobias from all of them. Mm-hmm. So Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, so I've... I've and then I got certified in uh, the emotional, the original emotional freedom technique, which has changed a lot now. But since I just teach people self-help methods, I, I like to teach them the original one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, what ours is based on is what what's known as clinical EFT. Okay. So and, common, this is a, it's an interesting combination to do dream work, Gestalt, Freudian, Jungian, Adlerian. I, I saw in your book you combined a whole different uh, menu, a cocktail of all sorts of different variations of understanding what dream work is all about, including the neurological, the studies of REM. And you also include this acupunctural approach, acupressure approach that's received a lot of press, a lot of interesting research to reduce anxiety, um, to produce success even. So uh, how did you come up with the idea of being able to coalesce the two of these different approaches to health, to psychological health, together? Well, this this actually came out of a bet. <laughs> I think Lynn had mentioned she, had, she, she, she worked for a guy named David Feinstein, who uh, he and Dolly Eden have been um, basically working in the field of energy psychology and energy medicine for a long time. There's a lot of presentations that all most, most of your audience will recognize their names. Um, but uh, even before David got involved in that, I had, I had an earlier book called Dream Language, what I, which I featured David in as one of the great thinkers of our time <laughs> in dream work. And uh, when, I, when Lynn went to work for him, we, uh, uh, you know, and, and I met him and, and watched him basically do this work. He actually healed a woman of... Uh, a fear of snakes. My my daughter came in with the snake, and, and the woman was able to pet the snake after this. And I thought, man, this is really some some sort of stuff. But uh, I talked to David, and I said, David, you know, you are a great dream worker. How come it is you're now moving into this energy stuff? And uh, we got to talking about his philosophy on that. And I said, look, I said, I hate to see you giving up dream work. I said, within six months, I'm going to be able to figure out an approach to combine the two. And so that was our bet. 
And uh, so I got together with Lynn, and uh, she and I worked out uh, a way to combine her tapping approaches with the dream work, and it works out beautifully. Anything you want to add to that, Lynn? Well, my joke is that it only took us 40 years to learn to work together, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, for 40 years. <laughs> all right. Because, after, well, after we'd been married 40 years, he had been doing dream work for 30 years, and I'd been in energy psychology for four years, so I suggested that we combine our methods. And it worked. You know, Lynn, yes. You know, Lynn, I'm really curious, and because as you point out in the book, and um, as I know as a psychologist myself, there are so many different types of energy psychologists, energy workers, research one. Why, why, out of all the different types of energy psychology that are available, why EFT? Why tapping? Oh, well, it's one of the <laughs> quickest and easiest self-help methods. Yeah, I think the other thing that's um, just just to huh? sort of talk over you there a minute, Lynn. Um, uh, I'm actually on the research committee of of ASAP, and a huge amount of discussion in the energy psychology field is um, as you know about techniques. EFT yes. happens to be the one that's had the most clinical studies, the most tests, and the most validation of any of the other approaches. So that's one of the other than the fact that Lynn got trained in it. <laughs> that's the other. That's the <laughs> other reason why I use it because it's got so much research substantiating it. And it is extremely doable. I don't know. I think that maybe our listeners are saying, okay. Enough is theoretical, and believe me, the science of uh, the science of these processes is well delineated in this book called Dream to Freedom by Robert and Lynn Haas. Um, I think it's possibly time to take our readers into an experience. How do you want to walk us into an experience of this, or maybe many, several experiences of this? What's your What's your first way of doing this? Because I know you're going to do it with me, but what's your first okay. way of doing it? Well, probably uh, I could give you an example of, of how this worked. Um, and because of the short air time, we want to get to you. I'll, I'll make it a short example, if, that, if that's okay. Uh, this girl came to us um, in, in a work, workshop. Uh, well, it was actually a private session. Um, she was absolutely frozen with fear, uh, unable to move to her new job across country. She had, she had been offered a new job uh, clear across country, and she had to be at the job in about two to three weeks, and she hadn't even put her house on the market yet. She was that in denial. Uh, and we discovered after working with her in the session uh, that she had been fired twice um, from, uh, from her, her earlier jobs. Uh, not so much fired, but when her, the immediate job she was asked to do was over, she was told, we no longer need you. And so she feared this was going to happen again, and now she'd be clear across country. Well, we discovered that after the dream work, and I'll show you how that showed up in the dream. Um, anyway, her dream was simple. She dreamed of her friend painting over her newly painted walls. She tried to wipe, wipe uh, the paint off with a rag and woke up screaming. That's all there was to the dream, but it was a nightmare to her. Um, and what we do with the Dream to Freedom approach, we, I use this approach, I call it Gestalt therapy. We basically take the person into the dream, 
uh, which we'll do with you, we ask them to look around the dream for something that draws their attention. So we're looking for the unconscious to be drawn to something that has some, some really good emotional stuff in it. Um, and she went back into the dream and she said, the rag that she was trying to use to wipe off the wall. And in order to get the the emotions in the rag uh, uh, to you know to surface, basically we take her into the rag, asked her to become it. Imagine how that rag would speak, and answered six little questions that I asked the rag. So I asked the rag uh, these six questions. Basically, what she said is, "I am a rag in somebody's hands. My purpose is to be handy and clean up. What I like is to be needed and used." What I dislike is being thrown away after the job is done, and what I fear is being discarded. Uh, so you can see that the statements coming out of the rag related to her fears of being fired and discarded again. And that's at the point we understood what the dream was about. So now what we do is we take the person into, I said, when is the last time you felt that way? And she said, when I was standing in front of my boss and she was telling me I was fired. Okay, and we have we had her basically uh, visualize that um, uh, particular moment and write an a- affirmation around it, uh, which we'll we'll take you through in a minute. Uh, and the, the affirmation is just to kind of keep that problem in mind while we tap. And Lynn took her through the tapping exercise. Um, the stress start of remembering the activity or remembering the situation, which she rated as an 8 on a 1 to 10 scale. And uh, after a few tapping rounds, it went to 0. And so then when we went back to the dream. We, uh, once, once the stress is reduced, we like to use um, it, it, the, the dream to see how it was trying to solve the problem. Uh, and uh, um, because that's what dreams are trying to do. They're trying to uh, resolve the situation you're stuck in. We looked into the dream, and, it, and the, the only clue in the dream was her friend who had to do with going with the flow. Okay, so we thought, well, perhaps the uh, the dream is trying to show her to, to sort of go with the flow and, and things will work out. But we weren't clear on it. So what we do is something that we... Uh, borrowed from image rehearsal treatment, uh, which was to finish the dream. Uh, so you said, okay, let's finish the dream from the point that you woke up uh, in a positive way. And we take her in, we take her and do a little breathing exercise where where she's at the end of the dream uh, and she just lets the images flow. And she says, oh, I let my friend paint the walls. She goes, oh my gosh, it looks beautiful. So within this imagery exercise, she actually surprised herself that this really was a beautiful thing to do. And out of all that activity, I said, okay, how does that relate to a solution in your life? She says, she says the solution is to go with the flow. I'm going, to meet, I'm going to put my house up for sale, which she did. She immediately put up her house up for sale and moved to her new job, which turned out to be great. So that's kind of how the process worked in short. Well, this is going to be interesting to try. I'm looking forward to uh experiencing this myself on the air, although it is not going to be as thorough and as deep as it would be if it were in your office or over the Internet. How do people access? Yes, absolutely. So therefore, we're going to give you a little teaser, but how do people contact both of you in order to be able to do this with you as it would normally be done? 
Well, we usually do it in um, organized uh, public sessions and workshops and all, and I have a listing of that on my site. We can we can do some uh, some private sessions as, as well uh, for training purposes. Uh, we're both okay. retired, so we don't we we, do, uh, we don't do the actual <laughs> therapy work, but we do train people uh, in the process. That's why we wrote the book uh, so that uh, people could people could carry it on. But uh, they just get hold of me on the website. It's Bob at DreamScience dot org. Or you can just go to dreamscience.org, and the email is there. Right. Okay. Very good. Okay. Again, it's a very plus the thorough web. Yeah. Plus mm-hmm. the list, listing of uh, workshops and training seminars. We 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 do a uh, training workshop for EFT Universe as well. Uh, we just don't have any schedule right now, but we have a number of others scheduled. Oh, wonderful. Okay. And I believe I have that on my press release too, in terms of what's coming up. But uh, let's move on. Okay, I see on this wonderful page on dreamscience.org, energy, bottom, well, anyway, energy psychology. <laughs> Figure out all the different <laughs> flashes and passages when you get to the website. Right. And top of the website page that I'm looking at is the Dream to Freedom TM technique. And so I do want everybody to go to that while they have a chance, perhaps while listening to this next part of this particular presentation. Not often do we have people that's organized that can actually have you go to a website and actually show you the process they're going to take me through. But I want you to experience this and take out your journal page and start writing your own dream and see if you can walk yourself through this process. And then, of course, you can access the therapist or Lynn and Robert Haas through the website dreamscience.org. Okay, are the two of you ready, Lynn and Robert? Uh, yes, indeed. And yes. if they okay. go to the website and hit that energy psychology button, there is a worksheet they can download uh, yes. that is uh, a little more handy than the worksheet in the book because you don't want to write in your books. So you can continue to download the worksheet <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh, I wrote all over your book. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're <laughs> all right. All right. Let's just step. We're down in the middle of the page here. It's called the procedure. And step number one is to explore the dream. Step two is explore an important dream image. Step three, compare to your life situation. Step four, integrate dream outcome with EP. Step five, Lynn, this is yours. This is an emotional freedom technique. Step six, adjustment for subsequent rounds. We're going to illustrate these uh, on a superficial level, but I imagine we'll go fairly deep. So here we go. Walk me through the process. I am now your client. Okay, very good. The first thing we want to do is, uh, uh, is whether you had a dream. I assume you had a dream yes. and record it. And if you could just uh, tell us the dream, uh, just short segment of it. Because what yes. we're going to do is we're going to really work with just one image in the dream. So it doesn't have to be the whole thing. Just the, yes. the perhaps the, the most important or most emotionally charged part of the dream. Wonderful. Okay. So um, I am an individual in my adult life. I have dreams about houses uh, new houses that I move into, and uh, these are very long and involved. A segment of my most recent house dream was that attached to the kitchen part of the house was this back area where you would normally have your washer and your dryer, and indeed that's there, and a bathroom, and indeed that's there. But it also has this horse stall, and I have this love-fear relationship with horses in my actual life, and I don't own horses, but I've taken horse riding lessons. Okay, so that's background. So in this horse stall is this absolutely beautiful brown mare. And this brown mare is such an emotional part of the dream in my one uh, reoccurring but different house 
and um, I just wanted to explore this this horse. Okay. What else would you like to know about this horse? <laughs> uh, how did the dream end? <laughs> how did the dream end? Well, the, actually, the dream very long. I'm a very involved dreamer, dreamer here. The dream end uh, exploring a trail outside this house in an open preserve where I was actually walking on the ground next to the horse and we were exploring the trails. And there was some treachery involved in those trails as we were doing them together. Um, and I think it ended in a little bit of a panic um, associated to how to get back to the house and, and kind of a sense of chaos and confusion as to why this beautiful trail had suddenly turned into something kind of treacherous. Ah, interesting. Okay, very good. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> okay, close your eyes just quick, briefly. Um, all right. Uh, re-enter that dream. Uh, I suppose at the part where you saw the uh, you were in the back part of the house and you saw the horse. Um, yes. And pick an image in your dream that just draw curiously draws your attention. Yes, I have it. Yes. Man, it what would you like to know what? about? Well, okay, what is so it? I am. I'm walking into this brand new house, and I'm exploring it, and there I see this horse, and I feel like I've known this horse forever. The horse is just so beautiful, so emotionally responsive, and it's just sitting in a stall, a little bit discontent about not being allowed in the house and not really being out in the actual stable. (laughs) Okay, so the horse is your image, right? Yes. Okay, very good. Okay, now what we're going to do is um, have you immerse yourself in that horse, for a minute, okay. uh, become the horse. Uh, you might keep your eyes closed. Become that horse. Uh, look, look at the horse in the dream, in your mind's view, and just merge yourself with it. Come closer and closer to it until you feel that you are that horse. And I'm right. as that horse. Are you there? Okay. Yes. Now, okay. Now, as that horse, I'm going to ask you uh, six questions. And you okay. need to stay, remain in the role of the horse. This is the horse answering. And imagine uh, how that horse would answer them. Are you ready, Mr. Yes. Is it a Mr. Horse or a Mrs. Horse? Um, uh, gender. Female. Go ahead. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, no, okay. We're probably more male. Probably male. Uh, okay. I hadn't checked that out. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, just look dumb. Because <laughs> forget that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay, Horace, are you ready? Uh, yes. What are you? Describe yourself and how you feel as a horse. I am. Say, um, I am. I am thrilled to be a horse. I just don't like being caged into this little space. Okay. Being caged. Okay, what is your purpose as a horse? What do you do? What is your function as a horse? Ooh, I have many, but in this moment, residing in this interesting stall space in this house, it's to engage with this new owner of the house, and I feel very connected and engaged, and I'm aware that that's my my current purpose. Okay. What do you like about being this horse? I live a very curious life, and uh, I love to run, and I love to be outside with nature, and I like li- I like humans. I like to engage with humans. Okay. What do you dislike about being the horse? What's the downside? Not, yeah, not being totally in charge of my existence. I feel like I'm having to kind of tolerate how I'm maneuvered or 
scared or where I have to live or when I'm given a chance to get out or when I'm given a chance to connect with humans. Okay. And what do you desire most as the horse? Freedom and connection. Freedom and connection. Okay. Okay, you can shake off that horse and coming come All back right. to being Dr. Francis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can visualize shaking you off that horse. There we okay. go. Okay. I'm going to read uh, a couple of these statements back to you. And let right. me know if any of them relate uh, to uh, a feeling in your own waking life that you have. Uh, listen to them now as if it is you saying these things about your life and tell me if they trigger any connections, okay? All right. Uh, I don't like being caged in this little space. I True. like to, in, to engage. I love to run and engage with humans, but... I don't like being, or uh, <clears throat> I don't like not being in charge, and I can't tolerate how the um, I'm being maneuvered in trying to make those connections. And what I desire is freedom and the ability to connect. Do any of those sound like? A hundred percent. What's that? A hundred percent. Yes, a hundred percent. They all are. Okay. They're all me. Which, which statements uh, seems to be the most emotionally charged? I think the last one. I desire freedom and connection. Okay. Uh, and um, so the the feeling is that you perhaps don't have freedom and connection, right? Oh, well, no, I wouldn't go that far. I think I probably do. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> how about, That's interesting, uh, though. I okay. desire it. I desire it. I have it. I, I don't know how to yeah, characterize that. I'm noticing that you're following the step number three compared to your life situation. Can, please, right. this is very clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you recall a specific incident when you felt that way, where you felt that you wanted to run and engage, but you were not necessarily in charge of how you're going to go about doing that. Oh, I can think of many, many situations, and I think that the easiest one to to log into is recently a, a year ago. I broke my leg and I could not run. I haven't been able to run since, and I could barely crawl. <laughs> That's how bad it was, and I I felt so confined. But that is a very physical expression of other times that have been more emotional. Okay. Can you can you recall a more emotional event where you felt confined? Um, where I had just I, so much responsibility, I was overwhelmed and had to get all the responsibility taken care of. It's very trapped by the responsibility, and it made me feel like I couldn't connect with myself or others because I had just so much that had to be done. Okay, and if in bringing that specific incident to mind, kind of picture it in your mind that, that okay. the moment that you felt that way, um, how would you re- relate or rate the stress you're feeling when you think about that from one to ten? That's, ten being the first. Yeah, ten. <laughs> A ten. Oh wow. Okay. Good. Yeah, and it had so many, so many caveats to it. It was an extremely emotional, intense period of time. Okay, so now what we want to to do and and what's happened here is that uh, that situation and probably also the one about breaking the leg has all combined into becoming this horse in the image of the horse it, it, isn't that amazing how all that is in the image of the horse uh, but what we want to do now yes. is 
to try to tap away the um, the negative stress around that. And in order to do that, we want to have some. We we write a little affirmation uh, that helps you keep that memory in mind while you're doing the tapping. Um, okay. And it, what it does is it combines the negative feelings with a positive intention. So your negative feelings, it sounds like, even though I feel overwhelmed and trapped, does that sound like a good way to say it? Even though I feel... Yes. Uh, okay. Then we, we go back to the dream for the positive. I choose to... Um, would uh, I choose to stay free? or I, What would you say is your positive intention in this situation? Mm, that's a good one. Now, and this this is a, like how would you phrase this? Um, let's see. I would yeah. enjoy. I would. I enjoy even more freedom and more connection as I take okay. charge of more of my life. How about I choose to stay free and connected? Okay, I choose to stay free and connected. All right. Now, tell, tell me just for a moment in terms of understanding this particular phase, because I think it's easy for the listeners to understand all the other phases that we've gone through. But how would a listener choose both the expression of the stress condition that's concise for tapping and also choose the concise desire and purpose phrase that would be perfect for tapping? Good question. Yeah, what we typically do, and and we usually spend a little bit more time than we've had here on the air, um, but what we'll do is we take the negative feeling statement, which is pretty clear from the dream work that we've done, even though I feel overwhelmed and trapped. So that's the feeling you had when you when you recall the specific situation that uh, you know that brought about this this dream. I choose to stay in free. The, the positive, I usually like to go back to the positive statements in the dream work and see if they work because they came from the unconscious. Uh, so in this case, you, the, your positive statements had a lot to do with being free and connected in every case. So I choose to stay free and connected. And what we do is we'll, we'll, we'll suggest one like I just did, and if it fits, we'll use it. And it, it's it's really there just to keep the negative problem in mind, and state some sort of a positive affirmation as we tap. Okay, so the individual is going to take some definite time uh, writing these statements or coming up with these statements because this is going to be relevant to the tapping and the release of the anxiety. It's going to be relevant to seizing the hold of the new ways of programming the brain. Am right. I understanding? Yes, exactly. Okay. And the negative statement is the most important because what we're trying to do and we'll use when when Lynn gets into the tapping you'll see for most of the tapping exercises she'll just use the negative statement feel overwhelmed and trapped uh, the idea is to bring the negative image to mind and what it does is it reactivates the limbic system reactivates the emotional brain puts it back in a stress mode but this time when you're tapping you're flooding that part of your brain with calming chemicals so now the it's a little part of the brain called the amygdala that, that does this. It's your alarm mechanism. Now all of a sudden the amygdala is seeing this old memory that used to put make it stressful, but it's being flooded with calming chemicals. So it changes the association from one of uh, of danger to one of calm. So that's the trick that tapping does. It actually changes a physical association in the brain. So you want to keep the negative memory in mind while you're tapping. And after a while, it just kind of goes away, and you smile, and you go, geez, it doesn't seem so bad anymore. <laughs> so okay, let's give so it a try, to... if you're ready. Okay. 
All right, I am uh, ready. Let, and, and, let Lynn I, take just, over from this point. Okay, Lynn, okay. just a moment. I just wanted, in terms of the listeners, what I am experiencing as a recipient of this, you will also. And that is I'm experiencing the anticipation of being free from an anxiety that might just be inhibiting me from being even more in my life than I am now. And so, wow. So I want you to think of this in terms of this is an opportunity for you to be freer of the things that stop you from being more successfully you. Lynn, take it away. Let's go forward. Okay. So the first thing you do is you say the setup statement out loud three times while tapping on what's called the karate chop point, which is the little finger side of the hand. You go down about an inch under the knuckle. Okay. And when some people do both hands together, you could okay. you could do it on one hand or the other hand or do them both together. Okay? Okay. Very good. Okay. So and say so it now, three times out loud. Heart. Like even though I feel overwhelmed and trapped, I choose even to stay I... free and connected. Okay, sorry about that. Even though I feel overwhelmed and trapped. Feel overwhelmed I and trapped. Free. Even though I feel overwhelmed and trapped, I choose to stay free and connected. Even though I feel overwhelmed and trapped, I choose to be free and connected. Even though I feel overwhelmed and trapped, I choose to be free and connected. All right. Okay. And then as you think of the specific incident, uh, you use your finger, like if you have glasses on, take them off. Just to get them out of the way of the tapping points. Uh, I'm doing it now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. How did you know I wore glasses? (laughs) And and you can tap on one or both sides of your body. So the first part is you say the negative part of the statement, like a little part of it, overwhelmed and trapped. Overwhelmed and trapped. And uh, close your eyes, tap on the inner edge of the eyebrow, overwhelmed and trapped. Overwhelmed and trapped. Okay. About eight times. Overwhelmed and trapped, overwhelmed and trapped, overwhelmed and trapped, overwhelmed and trapped. Well, you just have to say it once. Okay, Okay. and then you tap on the bone right on the outer edge of the eye. Overwhelmed and trapped. Yeah, you only make the statement once, but you tap eight times. Yeah, you just say it once. Okay. All right, oh, and I tap eight times. I see, okay. I'm tapping right now on that outer edge, and again, these pictures, these images are available to you on dreamscience.org. Okay, that's, that would definitely be eight. Where do right. I go next? And then next, you tap on the bone right under the middle of the eyeball. Overwhelmed okay. and trapped. Overwhelmed and trapped. Now, while I'm tapping, I want people to realize that there's a, there, are re, there are connections of these spots to different parts of your system, which I think we will talk about in a moment, okay? I think that's eight. Right. And then you tap right under the nose, overwhelmed and trapped. You say the negative part of your affirmation, yeah. Overwhelmed and trapped. Now, when people are doing this... Fear of fire, fear of heights, fear of snakes, (laughs) whatever everybody else's are. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. And then you tap... uh, Center of the chin, like right under the lip, overwhelmed okay. and trapped. Okay. okay. Hard to talk when I'm doing this, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, actually, this is very relaxing. I just suddenly feel 
kind of clearer headed and even more released. And I was pretty relaxed before. Okay, what's next? Okay, and then the next point is called the collarbone point. You trace your collarbone to the U-shaped notch, go down about an inch and over about an inch. Okay. And tap on those. And usually you should use about three fingers on there. And okay. And you know, the negative part of the affirmation. Yes. Okay, Lynn. About so this is relaxing time. my body. This is relaxing my body while I am thinking about a very unrelaxing uh, experience. Good. Correct. Glad to hear that. And then you do, uh, it's uh, the spleen point. It's like uh, about four inches under the armpit. Like I say, okay. mid-bra strap for the women or in yeah. line with nipples for the men. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and, say, and say the negative thing, overwhelmed and trapped. Overwhelmed and trapped. Overwhelmed and trapped. Okay. About eight points. And then you go okay. to the karate chop point. And okay. say the negative thing, overwhelmed and trapped. Oh, overwhelmed and trapped. Okay. okay. And then close your eyes, taking a deep breath. All right. Keep picturing the scene and give it a stress rating and see if the picture has changed. Or the stress has come down. Yeah, oh, give my it stress, a stress yeah. rating. Yeah, it's almost like I, uh, I don't, so zero to ten, I think I'm down to a three. It's almost as if I don't even really want to feel the stress related to it because I'm just enjoying it, that kind of sense of release. I feel like I've had uh, a really good massage. It's really an interesting kind of tingling musculature kind of limp. I feel really happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt happy before. I feel it even more. That's really interesting. So I don't, almost don't even want to feel that negative thought or even contemplate it anymore. That's really interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, so you could, yeah, if we had more time, you could do another round of tapping and, yeah. and take it, it down, down to zero. zero. Okay, and so that's what you do is you keep doing it over and over again. Your client can walk away and do this on their own as well. And uh, you also have mm-hmm. a, what's called a gamut sequence, gamut sequence on your website here. Right. What is that? Yeah, How is that associated? Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear about that? that? Yes, love to. Okay, well, you, you tap uh, between the fourth and fifth fingers. Um, you know, about an inch below, and you close your eyes, you open them, you shift them down hard right, hard left, you circle your eyes in one direction, you circle your eyes in the other direction, you hum three seconds like happy birthday, Mm -hmm. you count to five, one, two, three, four, five, and then you hum. And then you do another round of tapping. Yeah, fascinating. And you just do these type of tappings in the gamut sequence uh, over and over again until you feel a true sense of release and you're down to zero? Yes. Wow. Easy. Powerful. Yes? Okay, great. So now what what typically happens here is once once the person's stress is removed, they're they're in a better position to try to come up with how to move forward in their life from this point. Uh, sometimes it's a it's a phobia that that we've worked on, or something of that sort. Uh, fear of fire, for example. Okay, the next time you see fire, what is it you you're, you're going to do? 
And uh, in order to help out with these solutions, because the ego will typically get back involved when you're trying to work out a solution, and it'll come up with something that leaves the person trapped right back where they were. So what we like to do is go back to the dream to see if the dream had any clues in it uh, as to how to resolve the problem. Uh, now we didn't uh, work on your whole dream here, so you know if, if we were not if we had time, for example, we we look through your dream and see where the the clues were. Uh, and let me tell you a little bit of what we typically look for. Uh, what's happening in, is your and this is the neurological part of uh, the procedure um, by looking at uh, some of the latest neurological studies on what parts of the brain are active uh, when we're dreaming. Uh, we find out that there's, there's a huge part of the frontal uh, brain tucked around this emotional brain that's trying to resolve problems. It typically resolves problems in waking life. So we can see it actually resolving problems in our dreams. And so we look into the dream to <clears throat> look for the kinds of things that, that those parts of the brain normally do. Uh, and they come out in different ways in the dream. And so we look for, for four things, surprise, guidance, reversal, and reward. Uh, in, in your dreams that to, to kind of give you clues as to how to maybe deal with the situation in waking life because your unconscious is trying to find the natural solution to the, to the problem, okay? So it's good okay. to follow. Okay, so Robert, say that again. Yeah. What, 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 there are surprise, those, those, oh, surprise, guidance, reversal, guidance. and reward, and I'll explain it a little bit. Surprise is something that wasn't One. expected. And there was a couple in your dream that I could see. One of them had to do with this extra room stuck on the back, uh, and the horse was in the room, okay? Yes. Uh, and another one had to do with you're going down this path, and it was it was getting more treacherous rather than um, uh, rather than than uh, going where you wanted it to go, things of that sort. Um, yes. And what we would do is, now, why was the... Um, we look for what was not expected. How is this not expected? How was having this room on the back of the house and a horse in it not expected? Why was that a surprise? <laughs> I just want to laugh because I remember in the dream just going, what is a horse doing here? <laughs> and then suddenly well, feeling really connected to the horse. What is a horse doing here? It's not even in a stable. Why is this room set up for a horse? You know, with hay, et cetera, et cetera. It's just going to be really stinky because it's right next to the washing area. You know, so I just had all these kind of like, what is a horse doing here? But loving the fact that the horse is there, and right. I'm not a horse. I'm not a horse o- owner. I mean, I ride horses kind yeah. of fearfully, even though I've taken lessons. So it's just all of it was just non sequitur. You know, it just wasn't okay. relevant. Yeah. yeah. Now, all this is metaphoric, and, and so we take a little time trying to understand how that surprise relates to perhaps a new way of looking at something in your life. Um, and because of the time limit here, we don't have a lot of time to go into that, but it probably has something to do with that, the fact that uh, this feeling of being trapped has found its way into, quote, your house. <laughs> okay, your house is kind of you, your ego, your, your conscious, uh, your conscious yeah. state. So um, so here is this feeling of being trapped um, that's in there. So it, it, it's, it, the surprise doesn't solve the dream, but it, what it does do is give you another clue to look at. So we're, we're dealing with the feeling of being trapped. Okay, let's see if there's any guidance in the dream. I, 
I didn't see anything in the short segment that you gave me, but was there any character, any discovery you made that sort of felt like you were being guided into a new direction in the dream? I think the thing that I can quickly kind of jump on is that it was nice to have a horse to go explore the trails with. And even though I don't really know if I could ride that horse, it was nice to be able to go and explore the things about any house that I would really enjoy the most, which would be the outside natural aspects of it. And again, it's freedom, it's without conflict, but it's connected. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of like when it shifts from this poor horse being trapped in this room, me being inside the house or outside where nature is. Okay, good. And then there was a rever- and then we looked for reversal. Is there anything that happened in the dream that changed your thinking or direction? Um, I didn't see a reversal. I saw one here where as you were going down the path, you were getting uh, more and more uh, frightened because it was getting more treacherous. Um, yes. But in the dream, you didn't actually change direction, go back the other way, right? I remember in that point of the dream and waking up shortly thereafter saying, wow, I really don't want to deal with treachery in my life, so I guess we're going to have to figure out a way around oh. this. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay, so there, there you have the reversal the in the thinking. Yeah, there's yeah. the reversal in the thinking. I don't want to deal with treachery in my life, so I've got to find another way around it. Now, the last part is reward. What happens is when the dream ego, when you in the dream, or uh, follows the guidance in the dream, and there wasn't a whole lot of guidance in this dream that I could see, um, in the little part I, I saw, but when when the dream scenario works out, what happens is dreams are trying to test solutions to see what works. When the solution works, the dream will emotionally reward that solution in order to learn. So when you wake up, you've kind of learned the lesson here. I don't think your dream got to that point, because it didn't really end rewarding. Okay, so it was a little bit incomplete. And so what we do is we've got some clues here as to where the solution is leading you. It's trying to, uh, one, bring in the horse part of yourself, uh, and two, you've made a decision. You don't want to deal with this treachery. That's a a very important point. So you're ready to make a transition. Um, So... What I use is a, it's a technique that came from imagery rehearsal treatment. It's something they use with um, nightmares, basically, but I use it with, with any dream, uh, is to finish the dream. So what I'd like to do, is, if, if, if you will, is uh, go to the end of the dream, kind of close your eyes, put yourself back there, and tell me, how you, tell me what you see and how you feel at that moment. Okay, suddenly both my horse and I are covered with uh, knight in shining armor, garb, and all of our weaponry. And we decide to confront the treachery, and we go and we battle successfully, knowing that we are quite an awesome team. And we defeat the treachery. Not only do we defeat it for ourselves, but we have now freed up this beautiful reserve so that no one need be afraid anymore to come and enjoy nature at their leisure. What do you think? Wow, that's your that's your ending, right? <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's great. Okay. All right. So now you and your horse put on this shining armor and weaponry, and you together battle uh, this treachery and free up this preserve. Okay. Very good. Now, how could you relate that to a solution in your waking life? Because what, you, what you've created is a new dream, it's a new metaphor, but it's analogous to some way that you can change your life. You can act differently in your life towards this feeling that the horse brought about. 
So the things that I can feel about it uh, really quickly is, one, that I decide to go ahead and confront the issue and that I decide to recognize that I have the equipment and the partnership to be able to successfully do it. And I might as well adapt an attitude that I will be victorious than to worry about whether I'll be defeated. And that the merit... Yeah, and the merit is is that both I and others get to benefit from the outcome. Oh, tremendous! Very good. Okay. <laughs> now, there's a, there's also a little little archetypal uh, imagery here in the in the horse in that 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 is, that is a part of you, but it has two sides to it. One is those those feelings of you know the fearful feelings that we just tapped away. Uh, the other is the strength of the horse, the, the, the very powerful strength of the horse that you can in, incorporate and help you through this process, which is what you did in the end of this dream. So that's a very healthy outcome. Okay. Nice. This is really, uh, you know, this is meant to be an illustration, but I have to tell you that while this is meant to be an illustration, I chose this because I was so curious about that horse that I actually feel freer and clearer about a stumbling suck point in my life that I have been pondering for a while. So it's, um, it, it, I can actually feel in the course of these 15, 20 minutes a shift. Now, is that common or typical for the people with whom you work uh, as we talk about outcome studies? Because I know you made reference to it, but now let's shift into talking about outcome studies and stories about how people have actually made a change in their life, similar to the way I'm feeling right now, if not more so. Yeah, actually, it, it is, and and, and, uh, and Lynn, you might even want to chime in here because it's been amazing to us how quickly the process works. When we when we wrote the book, uh, one of our things that we've been working on, we've been doing this for six years. We've been holding sessions and and working with people individually and in groups. And uh, we've been seeing this work with them. Uh, for example, some, some of the sessions we hold have 120 people in them. We'll do a, a workshop at a, at a conference or something with a huge number of people, and we'll, after it's over, we'll ask them, how many of you have this shift? And it's typically anywhere from 80 to well over 90% of the people have had a visible shift with just one session in the middle of a combined workshop. And so that's been amazing. But when we did the book, um, we had not gotten any permissions from anybody to actually use their their work in, in the book. So here we were stuck. And so I had given a talk on this process, and there was about uh, 12 people or so that volunteered, raised their hand, yeah, we'll, we'll help you out. And uh, about eight of them actually came to the house. We worked on them in one session which created the case studies that are in the book. And they, they vary from anything from a person working on drug uh, problems with their son with drugs to a person who had their leg cut off to a person that had migraines, et cetera. And within one-hour sessions, these, these issues were cleared. Uh, now, Lynn's even had more striking results with, with the tapping with people with phobias. So um, it, it, it's oh, amazing Lynn, and tell. very typical. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lynn, share it. Inspire us. What are some of your stories? Tell, tell us a story about the woman with fire, the, fo- the fear of fire, Lynn. Um, well, a woman had a fear of fire, like she had never lit a birthday candle for her children in 14 years. And, wow. uh, yeah, we did take that away. And then about two days later, she she was home and... 
she gets a call from her husband who is at least six miles away and he says, what's that smoke up by our house? And she looks and she sees that the uh, the house behind them was on fire. It was just up the hill from them a little bit. And so instead of, you know, going into a total stress reaction and falling down, she uh, called her children and said, well, don't come home from school. I'll come and pick you up. And then she wow. took some things out of her house, out to the car, and drove down and got her children, and they stayed at a little condo down there until the fire went away above her. So, yeah, it was no fear of fire. She could act normally. Wow. After, after the fear of fire went away. Yeah. One of the most fun ones we ever did was, if we have time for another quick story, uh, this girl had, uh, uh, she had gone through a rough divorce, and uh, as a result, she, but she had a new a boyfriend which was just a wonderful situation. They were both in love and all. But he had to go to the hospital for uh, just some sort of operation. And so she wanted to be there to care for him. But the more she thought about it, the more anxious she got, And to the point where the day she walked into our workshop, she was going to cut off the relationship just because she could not stand the anxiety. Didn't know where the anxiety came from, but couldn't stand it. And she had this dream where... Uh, she was just looking out over a tree, and it had black things in it, and she was trying to decide whether they were birds or bats. And <laughs> and so we worked. We 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 brought her back into the dream, and she saw a little bird's nest that she, uh, you know, that she didn't even tell about in the original dream. And so we had her become the bird's nest. And she said, "I, I like to be. Uh, I'm warm and enveloping. I like to be there, strong and needed. Uh, when I'm be strong when I'm needed, I like to be." Uh, providing a nice soft landing spot, which was all the positive things about taking care of her boyfriend. But when we asked her what the bird's nest disliked, she said, I dislike getting crapped on and fear getting blown out of the tree. So we knew that there was something going on here uh, in this con uh, conflict. I uh, found out it was her ex, her, her bad divorce. She went back into the situation with a bad divorce. And the moment that she divorced her husband, the stress rating was like a 12. It was really high. And, um, of course, her fear was that uh, the same thing was going to happen, that if she became nurturing for this new boyfriend, she'd get crapped on again. Uh, so here was this fear, and we tapped it away. Uh, and then uh, in order to close the dream, there wasn't much guidance in the dream, except the dream was pushing her to make a decision whether she's going to be a bird or a bat. Okay. Mm. That was the guidance of the dream. It, was pushed, it pushed her to the point of deciding, are you going to be a bird or a bat? And so uh, we had her finish the dream, and what she, the way she finished the dream, she said, I flew away with the bats. I'm going, what is that? And she was a, she was a bird expert. She said, well, bats are like, like birds are free, but unlike birds are helpful and can come back to the cave at night. She said, I can be like a bat, be there, be helpful, and still be free. And I wow. said, well, how does that translate to a new solution? She says, I, can tell my, I will tell my boyfriend today that I have decided to stay in the relationship. And at that moment, her boyfriend walked into the room. They went up and kissed, and there wasn't a dry eye in the whole room. <laughs> oh, wow. And, that was like a 30-minute session, you know. It was just, just amazing yeah. how this works. 
Well, I have to tell you that I was uh, I, I read your book, and I you know I've been a psychologist for 36 years. I'm I'm not new to any of the things that was in your book, but I love the way you have combined the two. And I also noted one phrase in your book where you said, we don't take the dream work quite as deeply as we might if we use other sorts of modalities. And my experience is that you don't necessarily have to. Right. You don't necessarily have to with this, this combination of techniques. I'm really impressed. Listeners, you do have to get in touch with these individuals if you're wanting to know more. At dreamscience.org, we're talking to Robert and Lynn Haas. Their book is Dream to Freedom. And again, you can reach them through dreamscience.org. We're going to keep you on a little bit longer, Robert and Lynn, okay. if that's okay with you. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, so in the process of people looking at their own dreams and then learning to do tapping on their own, these are self-help possibilities, correct? I mean, this is, yes, right. it's so rich to have you guide me through that. That was that allowed me so much freedom to just go into the experience. But these are both self-help tools, aren't they? Yeah, they're, Tell me more. use them as self-help tools or as a therapist. Uh, either way, and we've written the book mainly from the standpoint of a therapist, but by just changing the words a little bit, uh, you could use them for your own uh, self-help reasons as well. So, yes, it's both techniques. Um, so, Lynn, in teaching people to do these forms of tapping and the gamut, I don't know how to exactly say it. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, how do you how do you walk them through this? Is it just easy to learn? They look at this, they tap the eight times, they say. Yes, I, I just have them pick the issue they want to release, and then have them do a setup statement, and I, I just you know I show them where to tap on. You know, I just walk them through it very quickly. I have them do it themselves. I don't do it on them. Very, very easy. Very easy. Very simple yeah, to do. Yeah, very easy. And, yeah, I love to I teach that, people self-help methods because, you yeah. know, everybody grows up with issues as a child. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which in, in carries into day. the program. Like, <laughs> gets programmed in, carries forty years forward. So let's say that, uh, Lynn, that someone was going through a stressful situation in their day. Uh, a boss was yelling at them, a colleague was giving them a hard time or talking behind their back, and, or a kid was being discourteous and it was like getting them aggravated so that they couldn't be the calm, reasonable parent they need to be. How do they intervene with tapping or the gamut sequence? Well... You know, they go, they go back to the earliest issue, and or even if they have that issue, I think she's asking if if if, if they're being pestered right now, you know, uh, bullied yeah, right now, they can just start tapping, moment. right? Right. Yeah. yeah, they can. They can just start tapping. And and what's yeah. the science behind this that makes that tapping? And I felt it make me so, make others so released and at ease and and uh, um, almost. I just felt like I'd had a glass of wine, and I'm not really a wine drinker, but that's what I felt like. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, why don't I begin? I, I can talk about the science in the brain, and then Lynn can uh, uh, tell you why these acupressure points work. Would that be good? Okay. okay. What, what happened? What happens in the brain when when we are threatened by something? 
the the threat essentially immediately is uh, triggers the amygdala. It's a little part of the brain right on on the end of what's called the hippocampus, which stores memories, stores emotional memories, and it's it's our alarm system. It keeps us safe. Uh, so the threat itself is immediately encoded into the amygdala as a threat. And the amygdala then sets off the pituitary glands and the adrenals in the body to create what's called a fight, flight, or freeze response. It's your survival response. Uh, and so that we, we, we react to it. Like, for example, if we see a car coming towards us, you know, our body reacts before we even know that it's happening. Okay, so it's a safety measure, which is great. But uh, sometimes things happen into our, in our childhood or earlier on or a threat or you, you get a, 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 situa- a physical situation or an emotional situation uh, where uh, that alarm uh, has been encoded into the amygdala uh, and then over time it grows into phobias or it creates inappropriate responses. Uh, for example, a child gets um, burned on the stove when it's little, but that creates a, uh, turns into a whole phobia about fear of fire, uh, which can also create other fears. Uh, so that's when it becomes inappropriate. So we need some way of reducing um, that response. So what, what we do is with this procedure is bring the old memory back to mind if we can uh, and that's why the dream is helpful because we're uncovering the the old memory with the dream Uh, it was hidden inside your horse for example Uh, and we bring that memory to mind and tap on these acupuncture points which Lynn will explain in a minute um, that brings common chemicals to uh, flood basically flood that amygdala and uh, also, the frontal areas of the brain uh, are there to help dampen the response as well. So when those common chemicals hit the amygdala with that old memory, they basically dampen the response. They help to reduce the alarm response of the amygdala. They don't actually erase the memory. They just change the nature of the response. Uh, and so the amygdala now sees the old memory. Uh, it Rather than encoding it now as a threat, it encodes it as calm. So like in your situation, you can remember that old memory, but it just kind of seems silly now (laughs) because you've changed the response. Fascinating. Lynn, Lynn, did you want to talk about why acupuncture points? Yeah, we called, even though they were called acupuncture points, since you don't need needles, we call them acupressure points. And it turns out that uh, research has found they have lower electrical resistance than other areas of the skin, like 12 to 15,000 ohms compared to 300 to 400,000, which means wow. it sends signals more quickly through the body and the mind. And uh, they're located on meridians, which are the energy pathways through the body. And, you know, they are shown to reduce the response of the amygdala in PET and MRI studies. And how about the gamut sequence? How does the shifting of the eyes and the humming and the tapping at one spot, what's, what's involved with the eyes, the shifting of the eyes? 
Well, it goes to different parts of the brains and stuff, and it, so it's kind yeah. of like massaging. I like to call it massaging both hemispheres. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it's a little like another approach called the MDR, where you shift your eyes uh, to resolve the same sort of to, to create that same sort of calming response. However, the nice thing about about this is that because you're shifting your eyes left right, you're uh, running them in circles, you're humming. Uh, and all you're exercising the different hemispheres of the brain while you are remembering this incident. Okay, so you're not only uh, trying to dampen uh, the response to the amygdala uh, by you know sending these chemicals to it, but you're actually adding uh, both hemispheres of the brain working on the problem at the same time. So um, it just is, a, is an additional means of reinforcing this this dampening of the response. That's a beautiful description. Okay, we move a little bit into some clinical references. Since I'm a clinical psychologist, I, I've been practicing for 36 years. I work with individuals with OCD, otherwise known as uh, obsessive-compulsive disorders, uh, with individuals with post-traumatic stress, both from the war, from being raped or molested, uh, from traumatic natural events. Um, also, individuals that are afraid to speak in front of individuals or are afraid of different objects. You, what is your take? I know you've mentioned a lot of the phobias. What's your take on these other circumstances that are kind of pervasive uh, like, quality? Like PTSD? Yeah, PTSD, OCD, right. Yeah. Uh, PTSD is, is, is an extreme. Um, what... What happens with most most phobias is the the amygdala and those areas of brain, hippocampus amygdala, the the emotional parts of the brain, um, get encoded. But the the frontal regions of the brain also are there to help dampen that encoding, and they do a reasonably good job. But but e- even at that, the phobia can grow uh, over time because every time you remember the event, it just re-encodes the event uh, as a threat. Okay. And the, and the mm-hmm. tapping helps to reduce that. But with PTSD, it's even more extreme. With PTSD, it's like the um, the memory and the threat response gets hardwired into the amygdala very deeply. And the, uh, dreaming can dreaming can normally help re-encode uh, some certain fears, uh, things that just happened the day before, things of that sort. Dreaming and the rest of your mind can't re-encode PTSD trauma very easily. It takes uh, greater invention, intervention. Um, but what they found is uh, with PTSD is this EFT approach through a number of clinical trials, they, they found that um, tapping will actually help uh, directly re-encode the uh, emotional response uh, and PTSD nightmares, for example, in um, uh, you know, in, in the amygdala region. And, for example, uh, there was a randomized controlled trial of 54 veterans suffering P- from PTSD that was recently done in 2013 uh, by Dawson Church and his colleagues. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, after, after they, the, the trial was six one-hour sessions with uh, vets who had suffered from PTSD. Um, after it was over, 86% no longer were rated as having PTSD. 
Um, and when they did the trial, they had, they broke them in half at first, and then they treated them all. But I uh, broke them in half, and the and the, the the half of the group that they treated with um, tapping, uh, the score, the PTSD scoring, uh, was cut in half. PTSD was scored at 50 on this particular test. Uh, it's began, the, the mean score was 61 when they started. They were down to 34 by the time they went through these trials. And the control group, which had regular therapy for PTSD, uh, basically didn't change. <laughs> so you can see the, the effects of tapping is pretty dramatic with PTSD because it, it just goes right directly to influencing the, um, the limbic areas of the brain. That is just wonderful. I know that I use uh, brain entrainment sort of techniques with biofeedback. Uh, I, I'm now in the process of using brain waves and, and uh, equipment in order to show people how they can actually control their brain waves. Mm-hmm. And we use hypnotherapy and all these lines. It is fascinating to me that this is a self-help tool, a tool that can be used also with therapies of all sorts and situations that is quick dynamic, been proven, and I'm so excited that you've been able to share this. Uh, we are nearing the end of our time with you. I don't want to be doing that, but I think the <laughs> readers have a really good feel for what it is you have to offer and another way for them to extricate themselves from some really complicated feelings. What are your parting words? Well, I th- <laughs> just to kind of summarize, you know, why this kind of technique is so powerful is it gets you out of your head. Talk therapy doesn't go too far because the problems the the people are dealing with are really embedded deeper inside the brain, in the unconscious brain, in the in the the limbic system, the emotional parts of the brain, the more primitive parts. So these tools and the ones you just mentioned, by by the way, biofeedback and things like that, get directly to that part of the unconscious brain. And that's what's important here is getting out of your head and getting into the feeling part of yourself through tapping, through this uh, dream work, which allows that part of the brain to speak like it did through the horse. Um, those are the things that that really work, as well as the technique for finishing the dream, uh, which again is a subconscious thing. It, it creates a, a whole new ending to the dream that that comes from the unconscious. So, getting into the unconscious, dealing directly with the unconscious uh, in these therapies is is what uh, tends to work. Yes. Well said. Yes, Lynn. Yeah, Lynn said yes. yes. <laughs> Of course, uh, the other thing, therapists, since energy psychology isn't totally accepted by the American Psychological Association, although we hope it will be very soon. Yeah, they're, they're accepting so, yeah, papers they now. they may have to use it as experimental or complementary. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, luckily the AP is now accepting papers in, in their journals on this so. because of all well the clinical need- trials. You've got evidence here, and they're evidence-based oriented, and most importantly, people are having a very positive impact on their lives on this. Well, I think that we have another book coming from you guys. You're talking about the dreams to freedom. I think that you have daydreams and you have night dreams, and a lot of daydreams, people sit and they re-inscribe, re-encode in their brain the fear moment while they're sitting there driving, talking to someone, anticipating mm-hmm. a circumstance, and those are daydreams. You know, that's... A, a daydream that's moving into your imagination of the moment and recreating a, a little 
cinematographic experience of yeah. that moment. And that now, the daydreams are very dreams. different. Than, yeah, they're actually very different oh, yeah. than nightdreams. Different part of the brain. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I want to know that. I want to hear that book as well. Well, we've been talking to Robert and Lynn Haas, and they are wonderfully professional, experienced individuals who bring to you the ability to connect your dreams to a very simple, usable tool that can intervene and make you relax around your anxieties. I encourage you to check them out on dreamscience.org. Robert and Lynn Haas, I'm honored that you've joined us today on Dr. Carol Francis's show about making life happen, and you've given us an incredibly good example of a powerful tool. Thank you both so much. Okay, and thank, thank you. you. Okay. okay. Cheers to you all. Have a fantastic Okay, bye. Day. We really enjoyed it. Yes. Oh, bye-bye. Great. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> 